and roll it. Hey everybody, this is Petey from, from the Spinner Rack, and we also have we Calvin all, Ellis, um, ready to rock. Okay, cool. Uh, I thought we lost them. Um, so um, today we're going to do a sidebar because I argue with some people I know, and they talk about it all the time, how um, this is the new mecca for TV at Disney+. Plus. They're doing it right. But there, a period before that, someone else was doing it right, and they were loosely connected to Marvel, and that was Netflix, the Netflix Marvel series. We had um, two se three seasons of Daredevil. We had two seasons of Jessica Jones, one season of um, Power of uh, Luke Cage, one season, no, two seasons of Iron Fist, and one season of Defenders. And we're going to compare that to. Let me see if I can do this. Uh, WandaVision, um, the Falcon and um, the Winter Soldier, um, Hawkeye. I know I missed something after that. Um, obviously, Miss Marvel. And um, what's the name? We have She Hulk. What was there? Any other Marvel ones I missed? I knew it was one of them I had to have missed. Probably, but uh, you probably you got most of the junk. I mean, shows. <laughs> so initially, I would say I'm gonna put. We're gonna just do a quick thing. I'm gonna put my hat in the ring to say, as far as energy wise, as far as enjoyment, I'm gonna go with the Netflix series, and I'm gonna go with one of the later ones, which was their Born Again. The Disney Plus is doing theirs, but I'm going to the the Daredevil episode where Daredevil fights Bullseye in the Daredevil costume. Now this moment actually happened in the comics but it was such a quick moment where someone else the kingpin sent someone out in the daredevil costume and before he got to do too much damage um matt murdoch took him apart they took that moment and translated it up translated it to have bullseye in the outfit and daredevil like in the comic books when they fought not in born again of course when they fight Daredevil have it has an edge but Bullseye has an edge as far as his Bullseye abilities. In the movie, they had him yeah. ricocheting against everything, and we saw this at Comic-Con, and I haven't been wowed like that ever since. There's been some moments in The Punisher, but that's my key moment, and that's what I'm asking for from, from, um, from, the, from the Disney Plus guys. So right now, my, my, my vote is for the Netflix things, just because of Daredevil Season 3, Two and three, more two, a little bit of one, and some of three, because obviously those cool fight scenes. And I also go Punisher, that that was kind of cool. So, what about you? What are you can throw your hat in the ring? Or who are you going to say? Just your initial thoughts, and then we'll get into some more in depth stuff. Oh, which which is better? The, the or what you know, what you had to, just as initial draw to say out of the comparison, the feel, whichever, whatever you want to say about it. Oh, okay. Well, Netflix is better, easily. <laughs> Uh, Netflix is better easily because regardless of how you want to size them up, Netflix had Daredevil. Uh, so, and, and Disney doesn't have anything like Daredevil. Disney doesn't have anything where, okay, you had the films, and the films definitely had their own temperature, their own tenor. That was fine. And then when you got to Daredevil, that was something totally different in terms of look, in terms of feel, you know, in terms of tone, and it worked. You know, that I hadn't read Daredevil comics. I mean, Daredevil was the first book that I actually came into with Marvel, and that was pretty much what started me on a lifelong, a lifelong readership of comics. And I had stopped reading Daredevil because the books had gotten so bad thanks to Bendis. I was just like, I can't read this anymore. This is ridiculous. But 
And don't worry, we'll be beating up on Bendis in this show too. But uh, when I got to the show, and I got to meet the guy who played uh, Foggy on the show, I forget the name of the actor, but I got to meet him at uh, Big Apple Con. And you know, I thanked him. He was like, oh, you know, well, it's all the writers. I was like, no, you guys don't understand. I said, look, for me, you don't understand. I read these stories and I know these characters. I know how they're supposed to talk. I know what they act, how they react to certain things. And you guys are just nailing that stuff. You guys are nailing that stuff every single time. It was such a joy to watch that series because that was literally like, it was so, it was a joy and rewarding because it was those great stories and they were putting them on like, you know, Foggy, I enjoyed. Daredevil, uh, Matt Murdock, I enjoy. I still hated Karen Page as much as I hated her in the comic. You know, it, was, it, was, it was great. Not the actress, you know, but the, uh, the character Karen Page. So they just nailed it, but no series. Okay, no series on Disney has had that same effect. Nobody's nailed it. They're, they're going out of their way not to nail it, it would seem, for the most part. So you got Daredevil. You can say what you want about Jessica Jones or Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Punisher, those, you know, those series that came up as well. But they had Daredevil. That was the jewel in the crown. You know, actually, that was like the jewel and the crown, to be, you know, to, to be honest, most, you know, when it comes to those shows. And that, it was based on the strength of that show that you got the other ones. Yeah, yeah. This, this right over here, you know, the Marvel Universe stuff over here, this is strictly because of the movies. And they're hitting, they're going for a set demographic. And they're hitting that demographic. I can't say that they're not. But if you're somebody who's read the stories and enjoyed them, this is, you know, you look, you know, Moon Knight was on its face, a totally different character. And that's fine. You know, you don't have to read any of the stories to come into it and enjoy it. And some guys did, but everyone I found who enjoyed it had never read a, a single issue of Moon Knight. They knew the character, but they had never read Moon Knight. They didn't know any of the stories, didn't know his origin. And so they enjoyed it from a point of total ignorance to what this character could actually be. And I never thought that was good because if you draw people in on what the character is, it actually leads them back to the stories, which happened a lot with the Daredevil series. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, um, and yeah, I can, I, I only said I totally agree. And I would say you brought up a sh this show I didn't mention, which was Moon Knight. There was also um, What If, which was animated. Oh no, Loki. I mean, Loki is the one that was standout for everybody. Um, obviously there's moments in Loki, but one of the hard things was, is the, the female Loki, they were kind of taking the alternate universe versions of the character and they tried to add some angst to the character and it kind of, it just doesn't, you just can't tack this stuff on like the, the stuff that, um, you know, the, I think Walter Simonson added the rivalry between Thor and Loki went both ways where Thor had some issues on his end with Loki as, you know, it's like when he's about to, and he's about to, his hammer's going to come back to Loki and right through him, he said, it's going to destroy your face. And it's like, that's a big brother, like, it's like, that's a brother moment where he talks about, <laughs> about messing them up, because you don't really think of, you know, like, um, like Loki, you know, Loki, how he looks, and Thor is like, happy about, like, destroying them if, if necessary, because he's, you know, basically had mind control in Thor, but um, I think that that was a standout for a lot of people who've been Loki, where it's just been like, that was big. People kind of liked, uh, no, people liked WandaVision because it was kind of spoofing TV, but I think it was kind of hard in my mind to actually spoof it without doing something very well. Like it didn't spoof things well, it just kind of did what you called it, like kind of doing like me mediocre kind of television. So it's kind of- 
They, these aren't people who study television or really know television. They, the, a lot of times, their first introduction to a whole bunch of this stuff was WandaVision. And they'll just go from it saying, oh, that's what TV was like in the 50s. And that was TV like that. Or they'll go and it's totally topical. Where it's like, oh, yeah, see how they went from black and white to mm-hmm. color and look at the outfits. And not really understanding what TV was like at that time or why it was like that. But like, oh, look, look how, you know, look at it. They, their shows were in black and white. Yeah, they didn't have the color technology. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff to understand how successful TV was in spite of the fact that it didn't have all the bells and whistles of things that they can do. But they'll go into it. They enjoy it. Okay. They're not really... I'm trying to make as much allowance for it as, as possible because I know the things that I'm ignorant of when I come into certain mediums and certain mm-hmm. types of stories. And, you know, I don't always educate myself to it and maybe I'll enjoy it, maybe not. But some of these things I think are so general that, you know, ignorance is kind of like, well, you should know some of this stuff. Really? And, uh, I mean, I was the guy who like, I, I devoured the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Lord of the Rings films were coming out. And I had already like read The Hobbit years ago, and I said, like, you know what? I really want to read uh, the Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. I think it was my second read. It probably was. I think it was my first or second. I can't remember exactly. Probably my first. But I had three big books, and I just finished them in a week's time. I said I wanted to, you know, get up on the story before the film came out. And that's me. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I want. I'm like, okay, because if only so I get the differences. You know, I enjoy that sort of stuff. Other people are like, no, I'm not going to read the book because I don't want that to influence my enjoyment of this, that, or the other. And I've done the same with like The Godfather, where I saw the films before I ever read the book. And when I read The Godfather, I was like, well, you know, damn, you know, I really like enjoyed the film more because it took out all the stuff in the book that I didn't really necessarily need to pay too much attention for, but the book is still an enjoyable read. So, you know, that's where I come in with this. Other people just like, look, they just jump in and if they're pleased, they're fine. You know, they're fine. But Daredevil, I thought, was a mixture of, hey, look, we're gonna, we're, we're, we got this great source material here. We're gonna use that. You know, we're not shying away from it. We're not going to make it this, this is not going to be a comedy. We're going to use that. And we're definitely getting the core of the major, of the, of the main character and, you know, the supporting characters, or let me at least say Foggy and Karen, we're going to get those characters right. And then we're just going to go for, we're going to go forward with it. And so if you were a guy like me who read the stories, it was very rewarding. And if you were somebody who was just coming into it, yeah, you didn't have to read the books because they were displaying what the books were like on screen so you, there was really no reason for you to have to go read it whereas opposed with moon knight if you want to know what moon knight is like you can't go by that show you, you've got to go read the books if well, you really learned about it that's the thing and i think when well i mean the obviously the netflix shows has their things obviously the high point for me i would always say it was hawkeye even though because it was just a simpler setup of uh you know this ingenue who wants to learn from the master archer who also has all these other skills which he shouldn't actually have but it was still made it fun and they found the ways to make me you know like this character who kind of is like the way i guess like kitty pride was after burn was gone where it's kind of like hey i get to do all this cool stuff now whereas the earlier version was one that could make mistakes fall on her face and things go wrong and that sort of stuff but Going to back to Moon Knight, the hard part is, is like taking it and saying, like these guys are saying why it kind of, it didn't eclipse Batman, even though Batman probably wasn't, you know, Batman wasn't as big, it wasn't as big as compared to Marvel characters. It was very much a mood kind of thing. And I kind of feel like 
they should have kind of did you know, not to use it as not the movie itself but kind of the techniques that were in like you saw in sin city or the spirit to kind of do these things because you do that story hit it like really try to do these visual things outside of doing digital effects or doing that ship and all that other stuff which i think connects it to the <clears throat> grounds it but at the same time the early stuff was just really mood and just sort of action and cool stuff. So it gets to the thing really quickly. And I think that's that kind of hurt it in my mind. But I think people like the actor. They like the the female, his counterpart that was with them, the villains. So it was just like something that people look at and say, oh, yeah, look at his outfit and he's fighting and all this other stuff. When it's really a mood type of piece, like something that you kind of, when you look at it and say, <clears throat> the same with, um, uh, what's the name? Like, um, Rich, Robert Rodriguez translating Sin City is like, well, let's get the, let's get the action, but keep that mood in there. And that's what the things I think they kind of missed the mark. Same with more so with Loki. I think Loki is a solid thing, but it's not. Think of Loki being the guy who kind of turns the screws and he did get to slide swipe and get away, but he didn't really get to kind of do like some Loki stuff. But um, going back to the other side, since I've been giving some heavy criticism to the Marvel stuff. The, you know, the Netflix stuff outside of obviously the second season of Daredevil had the Punisher, had Elektra, had all this fun stuff in it. You know, the next one had Bullseye in it. The first one had some action stuff we hadn't even seen yet, even though they played too much on, you know, hey, this being a vigilante gets you, you know, get your head, your skull cracked and you almost died. So you gotta get some body armor. I really didn't need them to do that. But some of the other series kind of, um, if they had- That's the, Mar first, hmm? That's the Marvel shame. That's the Marvel shame again. <laughs> you know, yeah. we gotta, well, you gotta put them in an outfit, so we gotta get a reason to put yeah. them in an outfit. You know, we, we gotta do that. Okay, well, he needs the outfit for protection. And, oh yeah, you know, I, you know I've expressed this. Look, these were never characters made for adults. These were made for kids. That's why they're running around in outfits. The bottom line is you can still sell them because the kids love it and the guys who are still kids at heart, they love it too. And just put them in the damn outfit and make it look good. Nobody cares. <laughs> you don't need all these excuses. Nobody cares. Even on Daredevil, they were susceptible to that whole thing. But hey, there you go. Well, that's the, the, the crazy part is, is that even though people look at it and say, well, no, I guess you can say Scarlet Witch got an outfit finally at the end of WandaVision. But, you know, looking at the other stories, um like the uh, jessica jones those and even you know luke cage and um definitely they really needed to rethink oh well, you already we, you've talked about it so I'll, I'll go back that you to go into the stuff with with um iron fist i think if you cut it down to i think you said earlier when we talked that four four episodes that was enough and i think that was enough for that don't go. Iron Fist or, or Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones. Jessica Iron Fist needs a total rehaul, and that was yes. just kind of um, like I think obviously you put it against any of the stories, and that's the weakest of all of them. Where it's just like there's no nothing you really have to re even though you had you know decent actors in the character roles, especially the the daughters of the dragon, but you kind of just said let's we're doing different stuff with this. Hey, we're going to I mean, I didn't finish it, but you're like, you got the, got the, could be, hmm? You didn't finish the first or the second season? Oh, I didn't finish. The, I don't think I finished either season. 
So I just know I, that you passed on the the Iron Fist. I think from I think overhearing you say that. And... Iron Fist really that show really hurt me because <laughs> no, because these are some characters. I mean, it, I think it's tough for me or guys like me who've read these stories. Yeah, you have your favorite character, but you still like a whole bunch of the other ones. You know, they're not necessarily guys I'm going to go out there and collect all of their books. But I read Power Man and Iron. You know, I read Power Man and Iron Fist. I like the camaraderie between. Danny Rand and Luke Cage. And I was like, okay, great. We're going to get, I mean, the closest that anybody ever got to that was Street Justice with Carl Weathers and whoever that guy was he was starring with. That was a everybody who watched the show was like, oh yeah, Power Man and Iron Fist. <laughs> Nobody, it was so clear. Everybody knew it from right there. You had the big buff dude. You had the other guy who was a martial artist. Okay, great. Power Man and Iron Fist. And then we get a chance to actually see it. And, you know, Luke Cage was his own thing. Okay. I mean, it definitely wasn't a perfect. It definitely was a perfect show, but it was definitely more solid than Iron Fist. Iron Fist didn't have the budget. Iron Fist, the guy didn't get training. They were just putting him out there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and it was so you know he would make like two steps, take a step backwards, or one step and two steps backwards. You know, I was like, he's supposed to be the immortal weapon. He's supposed to have the Zen thing going on. He would make the same blood. But I said, you know what? I can give this a B because of everything else. And but when he got to the second season. They decided they were going to shore up some stuff. And then at the end of it, when they decided, oh, uh, Danny's like, yeah, hey, I don't want to be Iron Fist. I'm going to give it to, uh, what is it? I'm going to give it to one of the daughters of the dragon. I'm going to forget her name. But, uh, yeah. Colleen Wing, that. right? Colleen yeah. Wing. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Colleen Wing. And I'm like, you gave it to Colleen Wing for two reasons. She's a woman and she's Asian. That's the only reason why she got this power. Because Iron Fist got such backlash. We're like, he shouldn't have this power. As you know, this is like a cultural appropriation of an Asian character. I'm like, what are you talking about? He, Danny Rand was always white. He was always blonde and white. That's who the character is. And then two, he's not in Asia. He, he's in a totally different dimension. You just access it through the Himalayas. They, the Himalayas, they, <laughs> Asia does not own this alternate dimension. That's just where you access it. It's no different than the Swamp Thing and the Nexus of Realities. So, uh, you know, that, that, it, it, that really hurt me because I really enjoyed the character and I was looking forward to seeing him uh, do well and then interact with, uh, do some Power Man and Iron Fist stuff. And then when they did get them together, I mean, there was some glimpses of what, what might've been cool, but for the most part, you know, they just, you know, they weren't doing it. So that, I mean, that was definitely the lowest point within the city. Well, yeah, I would like to say Jessica Jones, but they got just, they, they paid more attention they paid more attention with Jessica Jones. Uh, Jessica Jones was a more stripped down character as well, where they didn't have to worry about the martial arts and the Iron Fist. So, you know, you don't have the budgetary issues. It, 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 but that was, that was just a low one at the end of the day. That really hurt because I really enjoyed that character in the comics. They didn't give it a fair shot. And now they're going to bring it over to uh, Marvel Disney. And, you know, they're going to, sw- this is not even going to be Danny Rand. It's going to be Snake Eyes. Well, that's the hard part of it is, is like taking it and like saying to yourself, Chuck Norris is cultural appropriation because there's definitely some shots that Byrne was doing that he was doing. He had some shots that were like, and I don't know which came first, but it definitely has some good guys, good, good guys wear black. And it's just like, look to Danny Rand and that sort of thing. So it's just like, look, you don't have to be embarrassed about this. And there's other, as we already said, when they were doing Iron Fist, they could easily have done Shang-Chi early on if they were you know, afraid or embarrassed about that sort of thing. But they're embarrassed about the, his father and the other story. So it's just kind of like, 
but we, I don't. I think the thing of it is, we have Sin City. We had um, what's the name? Like I think Atlantis, where they took all of Mike Manola's work and they kind of plastered it all around to get the feel of what to do that style of animation. And I think they're not looking at it and saying, let's take the comic book and let's kind of put it to see, because they were really trying to do, you know, like the Kung Fu flicks or the, the Chuck Norris thing, because there's so many things, especially the early series, because like you have to imagine, I mean, it fell from, it fell from favor, but when the X-Men in the 80s were hot as a back issue, Iron Fist was blazing hot in the 80s as back issues, and not just the ones inked by Dan Green, like the first one that's inked by was that for Frank uh, Chiamoto, something like that. Like a person that's totally not connect, you know, doesn't ink Burns' work anywhere close to any of the classic stuff. And issue one was uh, like a hot book, which I I I had at one point. It's just like there's so many things where it's just like that book was just a just that first fifteen issues. And Power Man and Iron Fist was going on at this point, but those back issues were a big deal. And the ones, the burn ones that he did where he meets Power Man were a big deal to the kids. They were like costly to buy. Like it was just like, they were up there, I get either Fantastic Four, old Fantastic Four, or try to collect another uh, burn issue of this, of this series. So, but it was really a hot book and really try to condense whatever these two guys in their earliest stages of working together and burn really trying to figure it out, but having all this energy and having this dialogue where it's like a third in a third person, you are Iron Fist and you are this and you become a thing unto iron. And then like having that in there and trying to do something, which is basically, even though it's the third person, it could be a, a noir type of like um, thing, but having this be an action like a Starenko type of thing where it's just like action or like a karate movie or like the, the Chuck Norris film was basically him just kicking ass mostly through the movie. Like that's what you want to get to and just have him going in there because he didn't, you know, he's from this alternate thing, but it his care is not about that. He goes to a board meeting. He's not interested in board meeting. The, the, the Asian gang comes out there with the costumes. They're ready to fight. He's ready to fight without the costume. He's just ready to do his thing. It's just about action. And that's the thing that's really lost. I don't I think I had maybe six or seven issues of the original series, but I remember going to school when I'd go to school with them, they were pretty much a big deal back in the days. And I think they really I said all I'd say they can't try to capture that energy and or looked at the stuff from the seventies that, you know, like obviously Bruce Lee and look at the Chuck Norris films. <clears throat> Cause they were big as a kid, like looking at that and seeing before that he did the MIA stuff and the, the war stuff, but like the, you know, right in between the, before he had a mustache and he had, he had a mustache. He had these movies that you just had eye for an eye, like the octagon. These things were big movies as a kid. They're like, yo, next one. <laughs> and the thing of it is if Bruce Lee was alive, we'd be doing the same thing. New Bruce. It wouldn't be like, oh no, it'd be like, yo, we saw them fight. And that was, it's always the handoff. It was always the handoff with the martial artists where it's like, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked in this movie and then you're going to get your own franchise. Hey, um, <laughs> Cynthia Rockwell is coming in there. She's going to kick me around. I want to push her behind the door. And then next you know, she's going to have a whole franchise of her movies. It's just like, so like sit around there saying, 
we know our big numbers uh, in uh, China is going to be, they're going to kill us. So we got to worry about the cultural, like, yo, and then you hear the, the, the stuff coming out of there. Like, yo, why are we, why are you kowtowing to this area? Like, why, why, why are you doing this? I know it's for the money, but you know, it's not, you're not helping the situation. But I think ultimately, um, uh, obviously production values, the talent involved in all the Marvel, the, the Disney plus stuff, you know, like outside of, they can up the ante on the She-Hulk animation and, um, some other things, but ultimately the talent is trying to do their best to really sell the stuff. They're really pulling out all the stops. And that's what you can really enjoy in these Disney Plus things. But for my bang for my buck and what I would go back to, which obviously that second season of Daredevil, and I still look at the, the Daredevil Bullseye fight with Bullseye in the cost. That's totally Marvel. Like, that's totally a nutty Marvel thing where you have Matt Murdock and you got the, his, his lead villain walking around in your costume. He's like, <laughs> you're turning my name, turning me into a killer. I gotta stop you. But um, it's a real cool kind of switch. So yeah, for my money, I'm going for that energy. And at the same time, outside of the funky Moon Knight with the mask on the the, 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 the night the night version of him and Miss um, Marvel who take, both of them take off their masks. Nobody really has that many real costumes. They only have well, I'll let you say, like, they, I don't call them costumes, but people call them, this is costumes, Jeff Loeb is against costumes. You described it as uniforms. So, you know, it's kind of um, outside of Moon Knight and um, I don't really call the vision. The vision, they could have translated that better, but um, they had moments in their vision with the white vision was kind of cool and whatnot. Well, if Marvel had their way, they would have got rid of costumes on Bendis. <laughs> All right, they would have got they would have got rid no because that's pretty much the way they were going. They would have got rid of a whole bunch of costumes and none of these guys would have had costumes. But somebody probably reminded them, you know, we can't trademark these dudes without these costumes, right? If they're just walking around in you know regular civilian gear or they're all just got like on a shield uniform or something, we can't trademark them. They don't have a distinct look, they don't have a distinct look or likeness, any of that without the costume. Okay. Well, you know, it's like without I mean, seriously, without the mask. And the outfit and mm -hmm. the colors, everything. You can't trademark this dude. It's like, that's why you can get Clark Kent running around in DC. You can only do it maybe for a couple of, like a panel or two, but and you can't really talk too much. But, you know, you can't trademark a, a guy with glasses, black hair, and a blue suit. <laughs> dude, you can't do it. They close to tried to. I mean, he almost had the same outfit, the hair oh, color. DC? Like, they were like, here, this outfit, the color tie. His thing was like buttoned up as far as what we're gonna do with the character. We wanna make sure Clark Kent is recognized. He's not recognizable. Nope. We're gonna make sure this thing is. <laughs> you can recognize. It's a testament what they did. The Clark Kent is not recognizable that you can't get away with it for more than like a panel or two. So you can have a panel or like a quick cameo of Clark Kent. And Marvel's done it a bunch of times. So you can have like a quick cameo or something of that nature with them, but you can't go. You can't get any further than that. Yeah. All right, but it's but you know because once a you know he's talking this oh it's obvious that's Clark Kent so on and so forth but you can still get him in there because there's no way you know you can't necessarily because you can't trademark a guy with glasses and a suit there's no trademark there's no, nobody's gonna give you a trademark on that so you know well the distinct likeness eh, you know come on we, we you know we're pretty certain I could show you some other stuff too and that looks like it no big deal but 
it's you know it, but superman easy you know you got the yeah, outfit yeah. you got the colors you know you have the shield you yeah. know all of that type of, you know the monogram you know the dead center all of that type of stuff so that's one of the reasons that's one of the reasons they, they can't totally abandon it but once they get to tv you know tv and film like, i don't want to wear this thing <laughs> you know i want to be in this thing you know and then, then of course as an actor you got to you know worry about oh you know did i see in my face and so those are certain things that come into it. The the Daredevil show, I thought they did a really good job at the outfit. They gave up in season three when they decided everybody wants to see him in the black outfit, you know. And then uh, probably Charlie Cox was like, "Hey, I'll do the black outfit. A lot easier than that other one." And then what was the irony? Bullseye looked better in the Daredevil costume than Charlie Cox. <laughs> stop it! Stop! Don't say that! Don't say that! Bullseye the hard part like, is yes, it didn't look as 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 awkward as it did on. Charlie Cox. I was like, oh, yeah. Bullseye's, yeah. Bullseye's got the superhero features. Charlie Cox should be the supervillain. Oh, oh, oh. But that was, you know, but I, I didn't get a chance to say this earlier, but I definitely shared your reaction. I didn't get to see it at NYCC, but when they brought Bullseye out and the stuff that he was doing, and I was just like, whoa, because it, it, it really spoke to how you should look at the comic when he was doing certain stuff. Because I remember he was fighting, uh, he was fighting, this was one of the Bullseye fights. And he's fighting him over here in the Kingpin's uh, office. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's fighting him. And he's like, look, Bullseye, all you are is like a one-trick pony. You know, you know, when, you know you, anything you have becomes a weapon. But you run out of weapons, you're a sitting duck. And he punches him. And Bullseye's like, but I never run out of weapons, Daredevil. I'll use the floor. I'll use the wall. <laughs> I'll use the whole, I'll use the entire city against you. And he kicks yeah, him out of yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah they're like, oh, wow, wow. And it's like, really? And then... You know, so Bullseye takes that round and then they fight again and Daredevil beats him because he just literally throttles him. <laughs> he chokes him into he just chokes uh, chokes him until he's unconscious. And then he uh, Kingpin is like, Look, I'll take him, I'll give you these files, and you can take him too, and I'll throw it in, and you can have that you can have that much of a victory, but that's all you're getting. And that starts off the uh, you know, the, the contention between the two the two of them. But detailing like what that ability would be like. Uh, they went not just with the fact that he could make anything a weapon, but he could use it with that pinpoint accuracy. Yes. Where like if you breathe, you know, if Daredevil breathes or he moves, I can pinpoint it from there. Okay, I can bounce it off three walls, and I'm going to hit you that way. It was, you know, and it was that was uh, involved being Daredevil kind of hiding, trying to hide, and then did you, like hit him in the head with a stapler. <laughs> Yeah, you're looking at the whole thing. You're feeling just like Daredevil. Daredevil's like, well, what do I got to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I got to do? You know, to you know, to try to work this one out. That's like the best challenge he got since the first uh, the first season, where he had to fight that ninja with the uh, the the Tsugama, the the rope knife, mm-hmm. and the guy was just literally, you know, he was just taking him apart piece by piece at a distance. You know, none of the so none of the stuff that he had was going to be able to uh, to counter it. Which is one of the, but, but again, this is one of the reasons why. But that would be, it was a good, it was definitely a great episode and a great fight to justify that he needed a suit. You know, to justify that he needed a suit for more protection. Not that he needed to up his game as a fighter, but hey, you know, we need, right. we need more, we need more protection. Last, you have not. I I said a couple of things I liked. I you haven't said what you liked in the About, in the Disney Plus. You gotta Disney give something Plus? to Disney Plus. You gotta give them something. You gotta give them nothing. You're giving them a total bagel. You gotta have something that you like in this. 
Well, let's not think of it as a bagel. Let's think of it as a donut. <laughs> no, I think I'm on. I think I'm on record with the stuff that I like. I, I didn't. I, I can't say I didn't enjoy Wandavision overall, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of that was because it was the over, and you know, I was you know looking at this like, all right, let's see what else is to come. I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought that might, for my salt, that was the strongest one that they put out. Even though they still, uh, I mean, what one of the things that really tainted for me is when you know you got Bucky. He's coming over to Sam, and he's like, "Sorry, Sam, we didn't realize you were black. Steve should have never chose you to be Captain America." I'm like, "Huh? This is it's so madness." At the end of the day, I was like, "Wait a second, do you trust Cap?" Yeah. Well, Cap thinks that you're, you know, you're the best man for the job. Why does anything else matter? Mm-hmm. You know, he should have taken your blackness into account. I'm pretty certain he knows you're black, Sam. Do you want to be cap or not? You, I, I, what I was about to say, I can't say on camera. <laughs> but I can't say I can't say while we're recording, unfortunately. Wow. But I looked at stuff like that, and I was just like, "This is madness." At the end of the day, Steve Rogers asked Steve Rogers is the moral paragon of the Marvel universe and of those series. If his judgment is going to be questioned. Okay, then you guys are all really lost at the end of the day. Steve feels that you're qualified and that you should be Captain America. Then go out and be Captain America and cut it out. It was, they dragged that part out and then the whole thing with Carly. I'm not going to fight you, Carly. No, she just killed people. <laughs> it's okay. We got to go after, no, we got to go after USA agent because he, you know, that guy got to pay. Okay, but, but Carly, now Carly's misguided. You know, she's, she's just alone. She needs some help. I, that was just some nonsense at the end of the day. But I still thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was uh, I think that probably was the strongest for me. That's the strongest series that they that they put out. Probably followed up by Hawkeye, and then everything else was so hit or miss. Loki, I don't know why Loki was so popular with people. And I said that's not even a Loki show. They might as well call it Sylvie because it was all about her. And all the stuff that we saw with Loki before, I was thinking this guy was gonna I, I, originally. I thought this was gonna be like the Loki show, and it was gonna be you know Loki through. Loki through time and Loki in these situations, and then it became the whole like, hey, uh, let's see how let's see how many times I can tell Sylvie she's awesome, and you know, and went from there. People loved it. I was just like, are you kidding me? I was like, this, Loki's not doing anything. This chick isn't hot. This is not entertaining. Um, well, I would go back to the one the only. I mean, the Falcon and Winter Soldier had all the elements, had some good stuff in there. The hard part was the John Walker character because um, he represented something not, I mean, they tried to do, I guess, like a guy who was kind of altruistic type of deal. Whereas the comic one, which is one I like, was just a, some meatball that wanted to take the power, was a power broker, whatever it was, that was giving out power to everybody. He gave it to he giving it to the that wrestling league and he gave it to John Walker and he comes to Cap and Cap is like, Oh, I barely made it out of this fight. And he's like, Oh, you had it, has been, you had it. And the next thing you know, he gets, you know, he gets becomes Captain America and it's harder and he's much more vicious. But even though he's winning and he's killing, he's coming out this thing scathed. He's coming out thing with his psyche going worse and loses his parents. There's this arc that's going is going very heavy for him and he's almost becoming the evil Captain America so much so when he runs into Steve Rogers as um Red Pope, Red Skull plans he's just out for blood and then Cap has his with his skill 
you know, squeaks out this victory, which you feel for him. And he's like, yes, I did. I, you know, I, I proved that I could do it. And then he's going and then the Red Skull comes and then you see John Walker look. He's like, two, it's like two, two Steve Rogers. And he's kind of, he's still kind of groggy. And then next thing you know, Cap doesn't realize that um, Skull has the, you know, the cigar, cigarette with the, the dust. And the next thing you know, John Walker comes and like hits him the cap. And then next thing you know, and then the, the dusk falls into the skull, you know, in the other Steve Rogers face and he becomes a red skull and runs out. And then Cap says to John Walker, said, you saved me. He said, what makes you think I was trying to save you? <laughs> it's like, that's a John Walker scene where even if it was his plan, He's like, I don't, I don't want Cap to get any sort of nod in this thing in our in our battle against each other. So he was a a definite character. This is a character that they would kind of do things where they would um, give me the shield, John, give me the shield. It's like, yeah, <laughs> get out of here, go find the chick, the chick who killed Battlestar. You know, like your chick killed Battlestar. I think that's more important than John's mistake on camera because you know. It's a payback thing. It's like, no, we're Americans. We can't pay back in other countries. We only can get killed. Like, so it's kind of terrible. So that kind of hurt it from the end of the long speech at the end of the wacky costume and the, the Falcon America costume and the wacky speech. Because it's just like, yo, he's Captain America. He needs to start giving speeches. Yo, uh, there wasn't that many speeches. Like, in Captain America and the Avengers, like, put the suit on. <laughs> Tony, yeah. put the suit on. <laughs> well, Cap, was, Cap didn't have, I don't remember to, I don't remember any speeches. Cap was decisive, okay, and Cap was about action. So he would say what he pretty much thought what it was, but he was willing to put all of his actions behind it. He didn't believe, you know, he was like, look, you know, the whole thing is going down with S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, no, this isn't. He's like, you know, this isn't freedom. This is fear. You're not doing anything to protect. And then when they try to come after him, he beats everybody down. He escapes. He's willing to go on the run. He's willing to go on the lam, all the things of that nature, because he knows this is wrong. Same thing in Civil War. Okay, they set him up perfectly. Because if not, we have these people like, oh, Cap is this jingoistic, uh, you know, nationalist, fascist, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Because, but because he's contending with the government or he's contending with an official entity of the government, then okay, now we can like Cap because Cap is on our side because he's against the government. They slipped that one in. They, they, you know, they, they slipped that one in at the end of the day. I was like, oh, okay, we like Cap. Why? We don't like Cap. We only like Cap if he's fighting against the government because we know the government's bad. But Captain America is really fighting for us, so that makes him, you know, that makes him okay. I was like, no, he still got that. He still stars and stripes at the end of the day. You know, he's not taking that suit off. But I thought, you know, the biggest, but Cap was incredibly. Cap was just Cap was just very effective. I remember the uh, excuse me, Infinity War. That's mm -hmm. uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. And Vision is supposed to be a very powerful character, but it's the Scarlet Witch and the Vision, and they're contending, you know, with the Order, you know, from Thanos, the Black Order from Thanos, and they're pretty much getting smacked around. And then it, that scene where you know the train passes by and Cap shows up, and the whole audience starts cheering. And you know, like Vision is like, oh, oh thank God. God, Captain America. I said, this is great, but you're a lot more powerful than yes. Captain America. 
<laughs> you should be able to you should be able to handle this. But when Cap shows up, everybody was like, oh, oh. And then the scene where they're running, you know, okay, they uh, they want Conda, and they got you know all those things on the outside, and they're like, okay, we got to open up a section of the gate. And what gets the audience on their feet? Cap and Black Panther running at top speed. The two who get into the fray the first at the end of the day. So you know, Cap is just like, okay, when Cap shows up, you know, Cap is going to handle his business. He's going to take care of things more so than any other. More so than any other speech. That's what Cap was about. So if they forget that, they're like, if Falcon shows up. And he's like, well, I'm gonna try to win you over with words. Like, no, 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 go watch those, go watch those movies again. Okay. <laughs> Cap didn't try to Cap didn't try to win Batrock with words. He smacked Batrock down. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, that was the end of it. Batrock was like, ah, American, you are no good without this shield. Cap said, All right, let's try it now. You can catch yeah. these hands. You can catch these hands, Batrock. Oh, you know what? You don't like these hands? You can catch these feet. Bah! <laughs> he was good. Okay, that's exactly what we're supposed to get from it at the end of the day. But Going back with the original premise, uh, um, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, because Netflix had Daredevil. That, if I mean, is the that was as close to executing what was in the comics that I have seen, you know, from Marvel in terms of in, ter in terms of television. It was great. They had three solid seasons. I didn't. I mean, I thought the last season they went off the rails with some of that, uh, you know, secret identity stuff. But they, 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 they don't really want these guys to wear masks anyway. So any excuse they can do, like, oh, you know, we got an inner circle. They're, you know, anybody he's got to regularly interact with, they're going to know. But the rest of the world is not going to know. Like, why would the rest of the world not know? You know, you, the, all these guys are one abduction away or Karen Page, one fix away from selling them out. So, you know, come on. It doesn't, you know, you, 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 the, the approach has always been wrong. Don't think of them as having a secret identity and they're keeping a secret from their friends or something. This is like witness protection. It's like being in the witness protection program and you've been relocated someplace. And as much as you may like this guy, you may be really good friends with him. This guy is looking for you, okay? He's looking for you. He may even think it's you at the end of the day or he's just there and you guys just happen to become good friends. And the second you, you know, let him in on, he's like, oh, good, I got you. Now I can get back to the boss and the boss is going to take out your whole family and torture you slowly to death. That's the approach that you're always supposed to take with these secret identities. Okay? But they don't get that. And the one reason they don't get it is because they don't want to, they don't want to do it. They never want to show the outcome of what happens when the secret identity is revealed. They don't mind showing that against the hero, but they don't want to show that the whole idea was that, look, I need to keep the secret to protect, you know, friends, to protect family, protect the people that I care about. I thought uh, with Superman, I thought they did a really good job. Well, this people was, uh, what happened? Manchester Black revealed that he was Clark Kent and Superman had to round up everyone he knew. Not just Lois, you know, Jimmy, uh, Perry. He had to get everyone because they were coming after everyone. They were coming after his mailman. You know, they, they, you know, they were coming after the person he buys uh, cookies from. He had to put them all like on a safe house in an island to deal with the whole thing. And but I thought, okay, great. This is a good story. So this should solve this. Like, we don't have to do this anymore as to why it is. And then we get Bendis come over here like, no, Superman should just be able to walk free amongst the people. Why? Because Clark Kent doesn't really mean anything. I'm like, all right, we'll see. And then what happens? He, he's off the book and, and that whole storyline just goes to pot. But like I said, there would be some, we would, we would bring Bendis up during this, uh, this episode. But hands down, Netflix. Disney still has a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing of it is, and the thing, the thing that people forget is that they were trying to stay with kind of the ground level characters, like it would be someone, you know, none, 
that would be flying characters, anything like that. So it was kind of an angle, whereas, I don't know, I guess it's like the, the, the Disney Plus has been kind of outside of, um, well, no, Loki did set up stuff they want to do later, but it's kind of just um, some of the stuff they said they were going to do, which is, no, they did Shanghai in the movie. So it's like, the stuff they talked about first was, of course, the Avengers and Black Panther and um, Shang-Chi, so those are on TV, but you know, it's just been kind of what whatever they feel is working, what they want to do, and then at the same time, let's tie it into something. I mean, you said it before, like, hey, here we have WandaVision, and we're going to set this up for her at this, um, you know, to do the multiverse. Well, we thought it was going to be, oh, it's going to be the Wanda and Doctor Strange team up. And like, no, Wanda's the bad guy. Oh, okay, we never really, never hinted at that. <laughs> That I actually liked. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. That's fine. And, you know, because she, she had that whole series where she went over there and took over the whole town. Her end is being like, all right, I fucked up. And then next thing it's like, nope, I'm going after these kids some more. Yay. I'm just yeah. Like, we didn't have any other ideas. We just wanted to do something and she'll be, that, she'll be the... That was the idea they had. That's what they wanted to do in the movie. And they said, okay, you know, let's do this. We can get Wanda in here with the magic. And they're like, well, Wanda's not really a magician, is she? You know, she's more like one of these wonders and she does this stuff, but she's not really a magician. So we got to have the time to introduce her as a magician. Oh, I know what we can do. We can do it in the TV series. So we don't have to waste time in the movie saying that she has these magical abilities. So we get, I mean, literally the TV show could have been three episodes. She finds the book, learns to use the book, <laughs> messes stuff up and then, you know, goes off. But when she left at the end of the uh, series, she was pretty much a supervillain. Look, I caused all this crap, and I'm leaving. Well, the, that's the, the, the I guess the the thing that they've been holding over. We were talking about it in the you know the Black Panther thing we were talking about. Um, the fact that Crusada said death is going to be real. So like I think Chris Claremont was in the middle of a story where he's going to kill a character that's going to come back and. Um, Casado was like, no, you can't bring this character back because we said we want to make death real again because how can you bring back Phoenix three million times? Phoenix was brought back once. Jean Grey was brought back. Phoenix was brought back a few more times and more times after they killed Phoenix again. So it's like, what was the point? Bendis wants to do it. No, we're going back in time and using Jean. Oh, okay. So then next thing that you go forward with this, they do the same thing. But you have a character like Vision. Why is Vision dead? Like the Avengers just put him back together. No, he died. You know, he got crushed. He's just a robot. Put him back together. No, but then he like he had a soul and they took the soul gem. And it's like, no, no. It's a they just Avengers just put him back together. They don't sit around and cry when Vision is broke up. They just go in there and they put him in a tube and he's there for like a good three issues and then they jump start them because some of the, the Avengers getting their head kicked in and, and at the same time they're kickstarting them like Hank Pym is trying to kickstart Vision when the other Avengers like Beast comes in is like what are you doing like you we need to go out there and fight it's like I'm doing the best I can here we need Vision's power more than anyone else and then they get some back but it's like that's the one thing that was kind of wacky. Like he had to stay dead. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree about the thing. And um, ultimately, they don't, to, they don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole, they, they tied his origin. 
Because they tied his origin into one of those stones that this is the reason why he's around because he was pretty much he was pretty much being powered and alive by that stone. And then it's like, okay, we destroyed the stone. So what happens to him? Well, how do we, well, you know what? We don't got a story. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll just put him on ice until we sort it out. If we ever sort it out. That's the thing. They have the white vision and now he just went off into trying to solve an equation for four or five different series. <laughs> like, when is he going to come back? Like It's a hard equation. <laughs> It's a hard equation because you got to say, okay, it's not just why is this guy here, but it's also, well, do we uh, do we have the budget to answer this equation? Not yet. Well, I guess White Vision is going to be on ice for a little. He's going to be searching for a little while. He longer. might not come back ever, but um, we got you know out of this series. They have been because um, I don't think I think it was you saying this really the tie-ins to the movie. I I never went to that angle. I would just thought they were doing TV, but then when they're doing this eight and out, nine and out, seven and out, just like, like, what is this? Is this like, what are you trying to do here? You're not giving us these, um, I don't know what the girl's name in Hawkeye, what her code name is, but, um, you know, it's like kind Kate of- Bishop. Hmm? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Okay, that's what she's going by? That's a superhero name? A superhero name is Hawkeye. Wow. Her name is Kate okay. Bishop. Good Lord. Anyway, um, but they introduced freaking Mockingbird at the end. Like, aren't they supposed to go back and start fighting now? Like, <laughs> nope, they're going to be taking care of their kids, their wacky kids. Like, the, she, they, these families are really wacky that these guys are. But anyway, um, this has just been, yeah, they've been kind of giving you an assortment of stuff. Something that had that has um you know some color to it, so it's like different colors outside you know outside of you know Power Man. But the I mean, the Netflix series was very much ground level, so it wasn't gonna. And the Punisher, how much can you do besides give him a skull on his front and some body armor like that? And you can't put him in the white boots and gloves. They don't do that in the comics or the movie. So in Marvel, the Disney Plus isn't gonna do that either. So. Um, I think um, just the energy-wise and the, as as far as what they get did right, I'm getting, going with Netflix and these guys. These guys on the Disney Plus, they're just you know they're doing this stuff and they, people are are seemingly loving it. So there's no reason to do anything different in in my mind for them because they're not going to mess with their success. Any last words from you? I think it's amazing that these people enjoy the series as much as they do, mm -hmm. and yet to give a damn about a comic book. <laughs> That's the other part, because if you looked at the Miss Marvel comic, although I think they probably kind of yeah, that's it. I think they probably didn't. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they. Oh, I don't know if they changed. I haven't read the comic. I listened to something someone said. Let me not bring that up. So we're gonna close this out. Uh, thanks for watching. Subscribe, like, do whatever. Comment, please. And the spinner rack is out. out. Latest. And